Welcome in to another great edition of That Sports Show. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact. You're welcome in all kinds of fun things to talk about. Our little rugby, lacrosse, some uh, college football, including the picks. But the NFL season has started. The NFL season has Started or it's uh, in process of starting. Uh, the game is uh, has kicked off quite yet at the time of recording. It's about to, so I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way before it starts. I'm going to say this is part of one of my picks tonight. I am picking the Dallas Cowboys to win tonight. I know what some of you are going to say. Boy, I've tuned into the wrong show. This guy is already out of his mind. I'm going to elaborate. And I know what a lot of people are thinking. Ah, oh, this guy's a, he's homer and out for the Cowboys. Uh, I am a Cowboys fan. But I'm not homer and out. I'm a big Brady fan, too. This, this is hard. But from the time they announced this game, I very much think, I very much thought that somehow the Cowboys were going to find some weird way to win this. It's going to be a a weird field goal bounces in or out off the goal post, Um, a a, a bizarre play or referee call or, I don't know, alien spaceship lands and abducts Tom Brady. No, I wouldn't abduct anybody. Maybe they uh, offer him a steak dinner. I don't know. But I just have this weird feeling. There's a quirkiness to Dallas. and In no way do I think they are the best team of these two. Tampa Bay is, is stacked. Now, Dallas has a really good roster. If they can do some things up front, sure. But I just have this weird feeling the Dallas Cowboys are going to find a way to win tonight. And maybe I'll get a little more in the analysis later, but I want to get that pick out of the way. Now, I want to talk a little bit of NFL, then we're going to talk uh, about the games I'm picking. We'll we'll get into that there. But the game, uh, the game has started. The season has started. Football's here. Hopefully you set your fantasy rosters. Uh, I don't know. You guys tell me. If you guys want me to talk fantasy, send in your questions if you want. I'll, I'll I'll do my best. That's all I can do in the leagues I'm in. But I'm excited. I know you guys are excited. Let's talk about what was the giant elephant in the room, at least in Pittsburgh, up until 
uh, earlier today when the Steelers went against something they usually do. And in the end, it's going to benefit them even more. And that is, up until today, they had not signed T.J. Watt to a big extension. T.J. Watt, arguably the, yes, he's got to be in the top two, top three best defenders in the league. I mean, what, T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, uh, name a Bosa. I mean, uh, it's. I mean, it's. You, you could argue a couple other people there. Uh, here, here locally, people might say Grady Jarrett. I think Grady Jarrett's just outside of that. He's really good. But no, T.J. Watt wanted an extension. And here's the thing: the Steelers usually not only don't talk contracts during the season, but they usually only guarantee the first year. Well. So T.J. Watt hasn't been practicing until today when uh, his agents start telling him, they start saying, hey, uh, I think we can hold out a little bit longer and we can get a lot of money, a lot more money, to which T.J. says, um... I'm not I'm not in it for the big money. Uh, I want to play. So what does he do? What does he do? He overrules his agents. He walks into Mr. Rooney's office. He's the owner, by the way. And he says, hey, the numbers we talked about. We're good. Four years, $112 million. The first three years of it and $80 million of it are guaranteed. And T.J. Watt not only walked in and said, hey, we're going with that deal. But uh, then he said, I need to go. I need to go work out. So, Pittsburgh fans, uh, Pittsburgh defense fantasy owners, that one earlier today that was a little worried about it. I said, as long as they sign T.J. Watt, you're, you should be good. So Pittsburgh went against their ways, and they signed their best player. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. You signed the superstars, and he's a superstar. You signed the superstar. And now... He'll get out there and practice with his teammates. He'll get out there and play with his teammates, and you'll see your defense and your overall team be better. Congratulations, TJ Watt, on that. Uh, just uh, it ended up working out. It doesn't always, but it ended up working out. Uh, let's let's talk about this. Uh, teams elected captains the other day, and, and there's not a lot of. Big surprises. You know, probably here in Atlanta, you probably get Grady Jarrett. You probably get um, probably get Matt Ryan. Uh, obviously, Tom Brady's probably a captain. Dak Prescott. Um, things like that. Uh, in Jacksonville, 
one of the captains is Trevor Lawrence, brand new rookie quarterback, who has always been known as as a as a big leader, and that makes sense. And this means the team the teams vote on this. This isn't random out of a hat. This isn't what the owners think, what the coaches think. No, the teams vote on this. And they and the Jacksonville team now they're pretty young, which, which is not an excuse. No, I, I think it's a good it's a it's a good nod and it's a good compliment. The Jaguars believe Trevor Lawrence is one of their leaders going forward. They believe in him, they're gonna rally behind him, not because he's a quarterback, because they want to follow him. Not a problem, right? Well, there's a problem a little further south from Jacksonville. It's not really a problem, but this tells me a lot of what I needed to know. The Miami Dolphins named their captains. And in naming their captains, Tua was not one of them. Now, this is not, you know, the movie Draft Day. This was not, oh, none of his teammates went to his birthday party. It's, it's not quite that, no. But it's interesting that uh, it seems like, you know, we know that Deshaun Watson talks. So at that point, we know, at that point, we know that the organization, or at least the higher brass, is considering all options. Um, now, of course, the coaches are going to rally behind him around Tua and say, "Hey, he's our he's our guy. He's our guy." Well, of course he is. He's your guy until he's not your guy. That's I, I think Mike Florio says that best. He is the guy until he's not the guy, and you bring in another guy. It's the way anything works. Uh, at your own job, whatever your position is. Whatever your position is, uh, you are the person at that job, doing that job, at that position, until they get somebody else to do that job at that position. And that's whether they get rid of you to do so. Maybe maybe you move on yourself. Maybe you leave. Maybe you get promoted to another position or you move uh, laterally to another department. Whatever it is, when that becomes vacant, when they bring in somebody else, you're no longer the person there. The person they bring in is. Well, for now, Tua is the Dolphins quarterback. But like I said, this tells me that the team, now they're going to follow behind him and they're going to follow him because as starting quarterback, you are a de facto leader. So they're going to follow him because they need to, because if you're not following the captain of the ship, basically, not the captain of the team, but the captain of the ship, then uh, you're kind of just aimlessly wandering around. But in this case, we now know that uh, the, the top brass, the, the front office, is potentially looking around, mainly Deshaun Watson. Uh, the coaching staff, they they see him practice every day, so I'm I'm sure I'm sure that they could they they know. 
And it's not that he can't play. It's that they th- think somebody's better that they can move to. And Tua can, can, you know, quash all of this talk by just outplaying everybody's expectations. And he doesn't have to be Tom Brady. He doesn't have to be Drew Brees. He doesn't have to be, insert your favorite quarterback here. He just can't suck. If he goes out there and sticks up the joint, then even the crowd's going to turn on him. And at that point, when your team, ownership, the coaches, and the fans think somebody can do a better job, it's usually not good. It usually means you need to get out of town. Which I thought all along in a Sean Watson trade that Tua would have to be a part of it to make sense because if I'm the Dolphins, I may say, yeah, three threes or three ones and two twos as far as draft picks. But I would, uh, you know, if you're Houston, you kind of go and Tua. Unless they don't want Tua. But if you get Deshaun Watson, there's no room for Tua. He's not going to be the backup. He'll have to move on somewhere. But I thought that, that at least announcing the captains and, and all were, it was interesting. Trevor Lawrence, that made sense. Back to it was not. You see how the teams, you see how the teams go. Now, let's talk a little Falcons. The Falcons will open up this weekend, this Sunday, versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And while I am not super high on the Philadelphia Eagles, um, they got a pretty good squad. I think they are a, a bigger mess than most people think. But it's not to say that they can't rally together and do some things. I think the Falcons could be a little bit of a mess this year, too. It's an organized chaos, though, because, see, here's the difference. In Philly, we're still unsure about Jalen Hurts. We're, we're not sure all of the targets he may be throwing to. And in Atlanta, well, we know what Matt Ryan's capable of. We know he's throwing to Kyle Pitts. We know he's throwing to Calvin Ridley. We know he's got people he can hand off to in the, in the backfield. I kind of know what we're getting here. We, we know what we have in Atlanta, and we know what Philadelphia is working with. So the Falcons should be able to get this victory. They're going to have to battle it out. It's going to be one of those back and forth, it's going to stay real close type things. But, hey, in every way, the Falcons, a lot of Falcons fans said that they are, that they are, Dallas fans tonight because they want Dallas to knock off Tampa Bay. I understand. In the same way, trust me, Dallas fans are wanting you, Atlanta, to do us a favor and knock off Philadelphia. But this game, like I said, it's going to come down to Philly has a lot of question marks, a lot of I just want to see how they're going to play in order to make an assessment. Where the Falcons, I know what pieces they have. I want to see what positions they put them in. I think the defense is going to be a little better. Hopefully the defensive back core is a little better because they they tend to get burned deep. 
beyond the second level, beyond the linebackers. And uh, they, they need to get a little bit more of a pass rush. And if they do that and they have Jalen running around all over the place and putting a lot of pressure on him, then I think they have a good chance to win. This whole division, we know Tampa Bay is going to probably end up winning the division. Not to say they they could. I mean, there's a chance they lose it, but that they don't make it. But we pretty much know uh, Carolina could be a surprise team if Sam Darnold is uh, is playing back to a high level. Then yeah, if Darnold's playing to a high level, they've got some pieces. They could they could uh, easily be battling for the second spot. We know what New Orleans is dealing with. There's a chance they can string together some things. I think they're going to have some issues, especially having to play games. You know, their opening game is going to be in Jacksonville, where it was supposed to be at home. They're not even playing against Jacksonville, but it's the best. Uh, they're playing Green Bay. They open up with Green Bay. So, you know, it's kind of is what it is with that one. Falcons fans... Be a little concerned about your team this year, but not a lot. Just, it's a lot of unknowns. It's a lot of unknowns. We want to see how things are going to work without Julio. want to see how things are going to work. Um, I think Matt Ryan's still fine. He's still, I don't know that he's necessarily in his prime, but he's not necessarily out of it either. But uh, we'll get to that game here in a minute. I always pick the Atlanta game, and I always pick the Georgia State game each and every year. I mean, each and every week. So we will talk about those. Um, let's talk about them right now. Let's talk about the games. Uh, each week I've upped it to five college games and five. Pro games that we're picking this week. Uh, I already told you about one of these picks. I'm picking Dallas over Tampa Bay tonight. So far it is uh, kind of a back and forth uh, battle. Kind of trading blows here and there. Nobody scored. Uh, Philadelphia at Atlanta. It's a 1 p.m. game on Fox here locally. Give me the Atlanta Falcons. I, I know more about what Atlanta is doing and going to do than I do about Philly. I want to see what Philly's going to do uh, moving forward. But I feel like Atlanta has more of their uh, more of their stuff together, so to say, and I think they're going to do some, some uh, better things, at least on Sunday. So I would take the Falcons. Cleveland at Kansas City. That is the CBS game at 425 on Sunday. This should be fun. This should be fun. We know Kansas City. Uh, Andy Reid in September is uh, unbelievable. So is Patrick Mahomes. I think he's like 10-2 or he's 10-0 or something like that. Uh we know about Kansas City. They were the runner-up. They also won a couple years ago. They're going to just come out there and smash you. They've redone their offensive line, which is good because it's going to be tested against Cleveland. Cleveland has, on paper, one of the best rosters of the 32 teams, by far. What are they going to do with that? I guess we'll have to see. But who to pick in this one, I think early in the year, if you're going to stun somebody, you need to do it early before they kind of set their roots in. I, I'm picking the Cleveland Browns. 
to pull this off in week one. Kind of stun everybody. It shouldn't stun everybody, though, because, like I said, Cleveland's going to be a really, really good uh, probably playoff team. Kansas City is obviously going to be in. These two teams might face again somewhere down the road. I look forward to it. Give me Cleveland in the slight upset. Baltimore at the Las Vegas Raiders. That is the Monday night 8-15 game on ESPN. This was supposed to be closer than than uh, it probably is now. Baltimore has lost three running backs in two weeks. Three running backs. It's, it's incredible. They've signed Le'Veon Bell, who is now going to be promoted to the, ro- the roster here soon. Uh, Devontae Freeman signed the practice squad earlier today. Right now, they just need warm bodies in the running back room. They The running back room looks like a broom closet. There's nobody in it. So, it just, uh, it, it is what it is. Sometimes that happens. I, I had Baltimore as third or fourth, third in their division anyway. But they're going to have to put together some stuff. They're going to have to do some stuff a little more. They're going to have to lean more on Lamar Jackson to throw the ball. And I just, I don't feel good about that. On the other side, we've got Derek Carr. We've got Josh Jacobs, who had a small toe injury. I think he'll be okay. There's weapons out there. Pretty good offensive line led by Richie Incognito, who was voted a captain. Yeah. Google Richie Incognito and, and figure out why people are surprised. Richie's really put some stuff together. You've got defense, a, a pretty decent defense, and you've got Gruden that has to prove that that 10-year contract was not as dumb as, as a lot of people think it was. It's time for him to prove that he really is a good coach. And I believe he is. He's one of my favorites. He just hasn't shown the results while being a part of the Raiders for the second time. But I'm taking Las Vegas in this one. I was taking Las Vegas long before Baltimore started losing running backs. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders with a big win on Monday night to open the year. And then Sunday, 1 p.m., a 1 p.m. Fox game, which means in this area we will probably just see highlights. Seattle at Indianapolis. We know the Seattle Seahawks. We know what they're bringing to the table. Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf, uh, Chris Carson. It's always a fantasy steal. If you haven't drafted yet, Chris Carson. Chris Carson. He's he's a workhorse. Um. We know the defense. We know what they're they're trying different schemes, but they're pretty much still running that Pete Carroll uh, kind of spread lane. I don't, I don't even know what he calls it. But Seattle, who's going to have some issues too. They're they're going through a spot where they kind of need to win here soon because they're only a couple years from probably having to blow this up and do something different, and that probably means. Pete Carroll leaves as well. But they're still good. They're still good. I got them third, I believe, in their division. But their division is stacked. It's the best division of football. And they're taking on Indianapolis, who in the offseason had a ton of injuries. Looks like Carson Wentz may actually make it back. If not, Jacob Eason is going to step in and take over the reins there. 
they still have I mean they're they're like Cleveland. They're stacked. Their GM has put together an amazing team. I want to see what they're going to do too. They're like the perennial people want to pick them as a dark horse. I want to see it. We're going to see it in that first week. Um, and I've actually, I'm actually picking the Colts to beat Seattle. And I think it's going to be close. It's going to be a real slobber knocker for sure. But I just, I, I have a little more faith in the Colts than I do the Seahawks because we all know Seahawks will let Russ cook for a little bit. And then they'll go back to let's run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And then with about five minutes left, they'll go, Russ, we're down six. Go go, put us in the game. And, and you know, you can only tempt fate so many times. At some point, it's just not going to work. And it won't be Russ's fault. But to recap, I have Dallas over Tampa in the game that is on right now. Uh I have Atlanta over Philadelphia. I have Cleveland over Kansas City. I have Las Vegas over Baltimore, and I have Indy over Seattle. Now, how did I do last week on my on my uh, college picks? Well, I'll tell you. The games that I have. It'll come up. I had it up. Um, Here we go. I told you take Penn State over Wisconsin. Got that one. I told you to take... Uh, now, I told you take Georgia State at Army. Whoops. At uh, 43 to 10 there. We'll talk about that in a minute. Or actually, we did talk about it on the last show. Uh, yeah, kind of missed that one. Uh, I believe I did Alabama over Miami. And I'm going to go back and watch the video. I did a video right before the Georgia State game. I'm pretty sure I picked that. Um, Actually, I probably do that from written down somewhere. Wouldn't that be something? Yep, there they are. All right. Yeah, at Army, at Georgia State, at Penn State, Wisconsin. Oh, I had I had Louisiana at Texas. Told you to take Louisiana in that one. Oh, messed that one up. Um, actually, I did not do Alabama-Miami. I did UGA at Clemson. Told you to take the dogs in that one. Ten to three, that was... That was quite nice. 
Let's see. One, two, three, four. Oh, and I did LSU at UCLA. I told you to take UCLA and that one. So, let's see. I got UCLA. That's one. I get UGA. That's two. I got Penn State. That's three. And then I missed Georgia State and Louisiana. So, hey, three and two in the first week. Three and two in the first week. I'll take it. I'll take it. Here's my other picks. My picks for this week. Number 12, Oregon is going to go to the horseshoe to take on the Buckeyes from Ohio State, who are ranked number three. Yep, they got leapfrogged by Georgia. Not happy about that, but hey, got to win big. I'm going to tell you right now, as much as it pains me, take the Ohio State Buckeyes. They are, I would say, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, maybe one or two more are just going to clean people up here for a little while. I'm going to tell you right now, take Ohio State. They're going to beat Oregon. The best way to try to combat the Buckeyes, I think, is to try to run the ball and run it up the middle, and good luck. Ohio State's going to have some big uglies up front that are going to be able to stop that. I think uh, Ohio State's going to win probably by about 10 points or better. It's, it's going to be closer than it appears, but Ohio State is going to show everybody why they should be number two and not Georgia. Number 10, Iowa, is going to take on number nine, Iowa State. Imagine that, the Cyclones and the Hawkeyes. I want to tell you right now, take take the Iowa Hawkeyes in this one. Uh, it's crazy that a rivalry is this this close in. It's this early in the season, but it's going to be a good game. Uh, definitely need to check that one out. Uh, do we know what time that game is? Iowa, Iowa State is, there it is. It's a 4.30 game on ABC. That's when that one is. They're both 1-0. That should be a fun game, but I'm telling you, take Iowa. Appalachian State is going to take on number 22, Miami. I think Miami showed us that they can be a pretty good team last week. They just had no answer for anything Alabama was doing, but uh, most people don't. I think they're going to rebound a little bit, but I've got Appalachian State pulling off another, you can call it miracle win, but I, I just call them wins for Appalachian State. They are a big powerhouse. They are always right around the top 25, and I think they're going to knock off number 22, Miami. Um, I'm going to pick five games, and I'm going to tell you about Georgia State game. Uh, Kennesaw State team we've covered here before we are not covering this year but the team we have covered here in the past super program shout out to all the uh, people we know over there they do such a good job they are taking on georgia tech at georgia tech that is a probably a one o'clock game i would i would imagine that that is a a one o'clock game most georgia tech games are there it is yeah oh no 12 on ESPN3, so that there will be ways to actually watch that one. I'm going to tell you right now, I like what Georgia State and Coach Collins have been doing, or Georgia Tech, rather. I like 
he is turning this program around. He's doing some really, really good things. But, man, I know a lot more about Kennesaw. And I tell you right now, they're going to come ready to play. And if they can string together enough stops on defense and string together enough score on every possession or every other possession like they're known for, it could be a tough day for Georgia Tech. The funny thing is, the head coach of Kennesaw State, Coach Bohannon, used to be a coordinator at Georgia Tech when they ran the option, which is what he runs at Kennesaw State. So Kennesaw State beats Georgia Tech this week. They're going to do it using the same or a similar spinoff and, and style of offense that Georgia Tech was known for for 20 years. But I got Kennesaw State. It's going to anger some people, even some people on this show, but I, I think they're the better team right now. And then in what I call the Who's Ready for Georgia Bowl, Missouri is going to travel to Kentucky to take on the Wildcats. Now, the reason I say this is people every year try to figure out who is going to lose or who is going to uh, hand Georgia a loss, somebody that they shouldn't lose to or somebody's going to be a big competition. That's always a thing uh, in this general area for sure. Uh, Kentucky and Missouri are usually ones they talk about. Florida's usually in the mix too. Those are probably pretty good guesses. Missouri looked pretty decent in the opening week. Kentucky looked pretty good as well. I'm taking Kentucky. That's a 7-30 game, I believe. What channel is that one on? That one. There it is. That's a 7.30 SEC Network game. That one. Uh, so, to recap, I'm taking Ohio State over Oregon. I'm taking Iowa over Iowa State. I'm taking Appalachian State over Miami. I'm taking Kennesaw State. I like the states today. Kennesaw State, except for Iowa. Kennesaw State over Georgia Tech. And I am taking Kentucky over Missouri. Now, Georgia State's next game. It's going to be at number 24, UNC. That's North Carolina, 7.30 on ESPN3. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, North Carolina had a little bit of a, uh, a hiccup. They definitely had a little bit of a hiccup. And uh, Georgia State, they weren't ready. That's, that's what the coach said. That's what... Uh, Starting center, Malik uh, Sumter, that we talked to. Hey, I got all the, all the, you know, go back and listen to the first show that we did last week. I, I got all the, all the respect in the world for him. He did not have to talk to us whatsoever in the media, and he not only volunteered and, and came and was the player representative at the press conference, but uh, he did something that most of the student athletes do not do, and he opened up with his own statement. Usually, they come and sit down and they say, "Hey, it's open for questions." We ask him questions, and we go from there. What he did was uh, he let the people in charge know, hey, I've got something to say first. So when he sat down, he you know, he started, and he, and he said, hey, we weren't prepared. That's, that's embarrassing. I'm paraphrasing. That's embarrassing. 
that's we just weren't ready. We weren't ready, and that's not on the coaching staff. That's on us, the the student athletes, which was something I asked him about because Coach Elliott said this is not on the kids. This is not on the student athletes, the young men. This is on me, and this is on the coaching staff that we did not prepare. Well, either way, they're going to be more prepared against UNC. I think they have a way to. Uh, I think they have the opportunity to win this. Um, you just got to minimize mistakes is the first thing you have to do. They were making a lot of mental errors. There was a lot of just bad penalties. I mean, I've never seen a sequence where there were three consecutive punts. And on the first two, you actually recovered a fumbled recovery of, or you recovered a fumble on the kickoff return only to have it brought back for a holding call, one of which was on was was called on a guy who was in the wedge. How do you hold in a wedge? The only thing you're holding is usually your own teammate. So it just you gotta minimize the mistakes. I think that's probably the first thing they worked on is just don't shoot yourself in the foot. You know? Don't cause more havoc for yourself. Make the other team work for it. Uh, I think they need to establish the air attack, which will set up their run game. A lot of people do the opposite. I've said for years, I think Georgia State, you get out there, you let Quad sling the ball a little bit, get him some safe throws to start with, and then sling it a little bit. And as everybody starts stepping back, you get the run game going. And I I just think that's going to be the way to do it. Because the, the defense was the defense was doing a pretty decent job. They were just on the field too long, and that's that's something that the offense can help with. Longer sustaining drives, and the fact that since the offense wasn't moving the ball much, you know, you're giving a really good team in Army almost the middle of the field a starting position every time. You can't do that against UNC, or it's going to be a short day. It's going to be a long day, rather. But I think Georgia State's got a chance on this one. I look forward to seeing the game. I know these. I, I've seen. I've seen. You know the entire college careers of all these guys because uh, we've been covering the team for so long. I think they're going to do well, and I actually think Georgia State can win this. So we'll have to watch at seven thirty this weekend on ESPN three to uh, see how that's going to go. But I think they have a good chance. Now, I want to finish uh, with some quick notes about, uh, first we'll go with uh, Rugby Atlanta. We didn't get a chance to really do a season wrap-up, and I kind of wanted to. I'm going to do a brief one now. You know, this was the first full season that, the first full season that this team was able to, To do, they started last season, got about three games in, and then the pandemic shut everything down. So that was supposed to be their inaugural season. This turned into their inaugural season. And they ended up being the runner-up to the uh, to the eventual champions, the L.A. Uh, Giltinis, in a game that I think if it would have been played in Atlanta, Atlanta would have won. I think the home field advantage actually helped L.A. a little bit. Uh, 
this team, if you've never seen live rugby up close, I implore you to go check out a game. These guys play at Life University. It's really easy to get to. Tickets are really affordable. They're already pre-selling season tickets for next year. If you guys need the information for that, you can go to rugby rugbyatl.com or rugbyatl. I don't know. Just look up Rugby ATL and go to their website, or I can give you the information of, of uh, the front office people I know, and they will hook you up. Like I said, this rugby, especially to see it up close, is such a pure game. It's such a fun game to watch. Uh, hopefully next season, maybe you guys can come out and join us a lot more. Well, we're going to try to do some more interactive things and some fun things uh, before, during, and after the game. Uh, met some really cool people over the year, and uh, just I look forward to another great season. And congratulations to this group for, hey, you're the second best team in the league. This is a tough league. And this was, you know, kind of during the, the second year of a pandemic. It's, it's just, it, it was great. I look forward to it, and I believe this season kicks off in February, but they're already signing players now. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll do a. I'm going to do my best to try to have some people from the organization and the team on here in in uh, the next handful of weeks. We're we're lining up some stuff. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. We take your suggestions for sure. But uh, yeah, Rugby Atlanta, man, they they they've got a fan in me. I, I definitely enjoyed everything we we did with them this year, and look forward to next year. And then the Georgia Swarm, the lacrosse team. Obviously, we'll talk Gladiators coming up when board check kicks off here pretty soon, I promise you. Uh, Georgia Swarm lacrosse, their opening game, they're starting to, I think it's Lyle Thompson's birthday, who is a who is a, uh, a big star on this team. If you've never seen lacrosse up close, I implore you once again to go do that as well. Their season will kick off December 4th. They uh, have just signed a handful of people. You can go to georgiaswarm.com, maybe Georgia Swarm LAX. I'm not sure. I think it's Georgia Swarm. Look about them. Uh, they play over there at the not Infinite Energy Center anymore. Uh, the Gwinnett Arena, basically. They play over that way up in Duluth. It is a hop, skip, and jump from anywhere if you're in the metro area. If you're not, there's probably a team in their division that are in their league that plays near you. Go see them play. Uh, but December 4th is the big kickoff. Depending on what's going on, we may we may try to be there for that. We'll see. December 4th is, we have to look at our calendar. It just tried to attack us and jump off the wall. December 4th is a Saturday. You know what? We'll look into that. We don't have, if we're not doing football that day, we may go see lacrosse. But their season's kicking up pretty soon. Definitely go check them out. And uh, I guess that's uh, all we have for this week for that sports show. We'll call this a bruise. But I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you got your NFL fix. You heard my crazy picks and analysis. Uh, 
I gave you a, a, some reasons why Georgia State can win and hopefully got you excited for Georgia Storm and Rugby ATL seasons that are coming up a little bit later on. But once again, I'm Jeremy the Impact York from Impact Media. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.